Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And, of course, they have Junior Bergen T-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Colter, obviously, if people are traveling, you got to have them stay somewhere else, not with you. That's true even when COVID isn't going on, and especially now. So you send them out to the Wingate. We know that. That's obvious. What you might not know is about all the meeting space they have out there, convention space, and even personal office space, because God knows I can't stand being with you any much longer. I'm going out there. I'm going to lock up my own personal office at the Wingate. You can do the same thing. If you need a business space, whether it's for yourself personally or or you're just tired of doing Zoom meetings, you just want to see other humans, but you want to be socially distanced, the Wingate has great business meeting rooms. You can space out. They have all the hookups and technology you're going to need for any sort of meeting or presentation. Or if you're like Ryan, you just want to have a place where you can work in peace and quiet, the Wingate Inn also a great option for those that live and work around Western Montana and the city of Missoula. If you have anybody coming through town or you want to get your kids out of the house, Wingate also has awesome rooms, great business rates. The pool is back open. They've done a great job of making sure that's be safe for you and your family. The Wingate Inn, located in Missoula, it's an excellent option for business travelers, local business people, or anybody coming through the city of Missoula. Let the Wingate Inn make you feel at home even when you're not. Welcome back. Hour number two. Good to be with you. Two Tell Nuanas. Early for the first time in our lives. Great. I feel like I have so much space to roam. <laughs> if you missed anything in the first hour of the show, check it out on the podcast, the Two Tell Nuanas podcast, available wherever you get your podcast. Rate, review, subscribe, check it out, listen, and uh, you do all that. Thanks to our friends at Blackfoot Communications. Appreciative of uh, of them. That's a that's a good deal, man. The podcast is a slick, a slick thing. And for that matter... The uh, latest edition of Grizz Greats, the silver anniversary of the 1995 National Champions. It is up. It is available. If you uh, are a big story person, you enjoy stories, especially stories firsthand from uh, people who lived in Bill Johnston's episode, which is up now, is absolutely for you. So go to uh, grizzgreats.com or, uh, again, download uh, or just search Grizz Greats wherever you get your podcast. You can listen to that there. Great series. We're excited to be a part of it. 
Uh, Coulter, uh, if, uh, well, I guess I should say, if you want to call, you can. 361-3688. All guests join us via the Rankage Brothers RV phone line. Um, Coulter, the, the, one of the great things about covering sports in the state of Montana, especially at the Division One sports level, is the diversity both ethnically, nationally, even internationally, and also in our country, which is basically Europe. I mean, Europe is, I think, 48 countries, roughly the size of what the United States is. Maybe it's certainly a little bit bigger, but basically what you have is a, a, a bunch of different countries who've now got an association of statehood in the republic, right, as we have here. What is great about that? Well, a lot of things, just about everything, when you talk about how different each place can be and what it brings to the the, the, the country as a whole and we in montana we are kind of considered okay the outlier we get it we got a million people up here bordering canada and everything like that but when you get kids who are from texas from florida from you know from north dakota you know what i mean to come to montana obviously you have montanans and kids who are from the state that are playing it is one of the great dynamics and stories and all that that you can that you can find anywhere i think it's it's an absolute blast to see to cover to talk to and think about and share uh the ideas the experiences and all of that well two such players well more than that but in this particular instance two such players with montana state are uh uh uh, joining us here in just a moment but tyrell thomas and lavelle price both from compton california went to st john bosco prep uh and two guys who you know i think when they said what made the decision to go to Montana was uh, they probably got some eyebrows raised from their friends and family when they said that that was their commitment, that that's where they were going to play. And so we had a, an opportunity to talk to them in a Zoom conversation uh, yesterday and kind of get both their experience of being in Bozeman, of playing for Montana State, and also some very cool uh, uh, give back, sort of fundraising stuff that they're doing to help their community back home. I think... I think the conversations that we're having about the injustices that still exist in our country and our world are very good. But oftentimes I think that one, one part that we, we maybe miss is that no matter who you are, where you are, if you are some form of uh, something different, so a novelty is the wrong word because you never want to call a person a novelty, but if you are something unique or different, no matter where you are, if you're an American in Australia, if you're an Australian in America, if you are a Montanan about anywhere else in the world, people think that you're so interesting, right? It's like we interviewed the two Australian gals from Lady Grizz and, and like Joel Carlson, sports information director, said, he said, isn't everything they say just 10% more funny because they're Australian? And you're like, yeah, they get to say anything. Target. They can't say target. Target. They're talking about target. We're going shopping at target. It's so funny. I don't think that really was an Australian. (laughs) Whatever that was, I don't know what that was. You did eliminate the R though, and that was the key. Uh, Regardless, I think that it is is so fascinating though too because like I always say, one of my favorite questions I ask kids when they commit to Montana or Montana State for any sport, but particularly football, because there's such a high number of young men that come from uh, urban areas to play football at Montana, Montana State. What did you expect Montana to be like before you knew about Montana, before you came to Montana, and before you lived in Montana? And each of those questions has a different answer, and they're always so funny because no one has really ever nailed what they thought it was going to be like in Bozeman, what they thought it was going to live in Bozeman. But Tyrell Thomas, Lavelle Price, Two great kids from a great high school, St. John Bosco Prep, one of the premier prep schools in Southern California. They are perennially one of the top 10 
high schools not only in the state but in the country. They play a national schedule. They have a lot of highly prestigious both kids of, of, of Hollywood actors and actresses that go there as well as high-caliber athletes. It's a hot, hot, hotbed. If you can find a way in the door there and you start recruiting from that high school, you're going to be getting good players. Both these guys are good players. Tyrell Thomas will be going into his fourth year as a starter, as a quarterback. I think he's an honors candidate this year. He's an all-league-type guy. Lavelle Price came to Montana State as a preferred walk-on from out of state, which is very rare, and earned a scholarship almost right away. And I think he'll be probably their nickel this year. I think he'll play probably as like that third corner uh, with Munchie Filer and Tyrell Thomas. So I think he's going to be a big contributor. Um, but uh, this interview is more about these two guys and what it was like for them to come from Compton, California, to, to Bozeman, Montana, but then also while they've been in Bozeman, while they've been quarantined, making the best of their time. They've done this fundraiser to fix the potholes in their fix communities. The potholes. It's great, man. So, And like young people don't really ever think of that kind of stuff. And I think that if you were doing any sort of humanitarian or volunteer work and you're reaching out to help your fellow man, that's a wonderful thing. But I, the thing that one thing that I do that does drive me a little bit nuts is how sometimes people want to go around the globe to help other people, which is an amazing thing. Let's be, it's awesome. Yeah. But sometimes just helping the people next door is even better. Got to. And when you're these guys and you're you're sending money back to your own community, it's such a, a positive thing because you're showing people from where you're from that you're making it already, even though you're you're still a college student, still a college athlete. But I think it's a very cool thing. And the other part of the story you have to mention before this gets started is Josh Perkins is a guy who came from Southern California to play at Montana State in the early 1990s. He played for Cliff Heisel. And he's decided to stay in Bozeman. And he's made a great life. He owns Justice Entertainment, which does a lot of weddings and event DJing and parties and stuff like that. Montana State, if you ever have gone to a spring football, like on a Saturday when they're having a practice or a scrimmage, they got a DJ out there spinning tracks. That's Josh. He's a huge member of the community. He himself is an African-American guy that has been such a pivotal part of taking guys under his wing and saying, hey, man, if you're from California and you're having a hard time, you have a, a culture shock or something going on, call me. I'll help you out. We'll we'll make sure that you get right here in Bozeman. And it, it, having that as a part of the program, and then Jeff Cho embracing Josh has been awesome. And now Josh has one of his sons playing at Montana State. He's a redshirt freshman offensive lineman, who, by the way, is getting tons of great returns internally. Mm. They're saying they love this kid. A Bozeman high product who was an all-state guy there for the Hawks. But Josh is a huge part of the story, too. These guys, Justice Entertainment is what you need to Google if you want to get involved in what these guys are doing because they're filtering it through Josh's website. And notably, Justice, different spelling than Justice, what you're thinking of as you hear it. It's like Just Us, J-U-S-T-U-S. And that's the same as his son's name as well. I think that's what they're, one was named after the other. Maybe they were named after each other. But regardless, really cool story. And I was happy that we stumbled upon this because I stumbled upon this just on social media and I... I called Montana State Sports Info. I said, we got to get these guys on the show. This is sweet that they're doing this. Yeah. They said, sure, let's set it up. So uh, without further ado, Tyrell Thomas and Lavelle Price Jr., a pair of cornerbacks raising money for their hometown comp to California. We're happy now to be joined by a pair of Montana State defensive backs, both St. John Bosco Prep products as well as natives of Compton, California. Tyrell Thomas, Lavelle Price Jr. Boys, thanks so much for being with us. How you doing? We're doing great. How about you? Good, good, good. First of all, it's been an interesting time for everybody, but just generally, what have you guys been doing to just stay engaged, and what's it like trying to navigate towards preparing for a football season that you don't really know when it might come? Honestly, you just got to just treat the, the, the next day as the, as the same day. I mean, a lot of stuff really don't change in your life. I mean, yes, we did it dealing with a pandemic, but honestly, 
at the t- at the at the end of the day, we still in the real world, the real world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, how I see it, I see it as an opportunity for like to work on yourself to get better. Like every day, just working on yourself to get better. Like focusing on school, focusing on football, and just just focusing on yourself. We've been talking about that on the show. It's interesting because I know you guys are dying to play a game, obviously. We're dying to watch a game and cover a game for sure. But you guys are going to have a more extended time to train and get ready and get your bodies right than you probably will ever have again as college football players. Tyrell, do you think that's an opportunity? I know you've been battling some just minor stuff over the last couple of years, but do you feel like you have a chance to get as healthy as you've ever been before, before you play your next game? Yes, I mean honestly, I think it's a great hand. I think I think uh, for me, honestly, it's it's just one of the upper hands for me. Uh, I see it as basically I, I was a true freshman. Everybody knows I got hurt a little uh, as of my uh, as as being in my freshman year, but I feel like it's just me getting that freshman year back where I could get, get the, my body right, my health wise, and everything else. So honestly, I feel like it's a just an upper hand on me. So this is sort of the same question for both of you, but I'm going to start with you. Anytime a guy comes from Southern California, Compton, California, to Bozeman, Montana, it's going to be a major adjustment. So I want you to take me through like what it was like when you said, okay, God, I'm almost going to Canada to play football. What's this going to be like? And what was your experience when you got when you got to Montana? Um, for me – uh, I always wanted to go out of state for college, and this was the opportunity to do so. And then when I did come, I loved it. I mean, it was a different vibe from the jump. I mean, open space, quiet, you know, not much crowded, not not a city like thing where you could really see the mountains and stuff like that. And I think it was a just a just a, a eye open for me, just overall. And then also just meeting Coach Short and all of them, it couldn't have made it any better. Why did you want to go out of state? guys usually want to kind of stay close to home. What was it for you? Um, to follow up, because like, it's a lot of it's a lot of kids that go to, like, like because, like, in California, there's, like, a lot of athletes. And, like, we have, like, the big schools, USC, UCLA, and a lot of people want to do that. So I just want to be a follower. I just want to follow my own steps and stuff. Yeah, and as for me, um, it was I was always as a little kid. So I just wanted to just go out of state for college. Lavelle, you and Tyrell obviously both went to St. John Bosco Prep. Probably knew each other, obviously, while you were in high school and stuff a little bit. Mm-hmm. But did you talk to him before you came to Bozeman and said, hey, tell me the truth. Like, is this going to be okay? Am I going to yeah. be able to, like, be, have, you know, enjoy myself and enjoy my experience in Bozeman? Yeah, actually, he was uh, – I had texted him to see if they had any open spots. And he said, yeah, the next thing you know, Coach Choate gave me a call. And he told me it's a good place, like a different environment from where we're from. And it's a lot cheaper in California and stuff, so. Yeah, actually, I, I like it out here. It's a different vibe, as what he said. Let's get into what you guys have been up to lately. It's been cool to kind of follow. I know you guys are doing some stuff on social media, getting the word out there. But broadly, basically, you guys are helping people with workouts, raising money, and giving it back to your community. So, Tyrell, tell us a little bit more about what you guys are actually doing and what goes into all the things you guys have been doing to try to get back to your hometown. Honestly, I mean, just being from – from Compton and just growing up, I also saw people who actually gave back to the, their city, but they got, they did it way more younger. And, you know, it's not, it's, it's, it's always good to start as a young age too. If you, if you have a great idea and your community behind you and they'll follow you, I think that's the big, the best thing. And honestly, that's what happened. I mean, we have people that believed in what we saw and they, 
they went ran with it as well. And so, tell people exactly what it is that you're giving money to. Like, what is the project that you guys are working on? Yeah, the project we're working on is fixing our streets because it's a lot of like potholes in the streets. So I sort of had the opportunity, like, I was like, hey, we could just fix up the streets, and then later on we could start building up like playgrounds and stuff back home. You know, that's that's so. I was just gonna say that's so interesting. Sometimes people say, "Okay, well, you know what? What can we do? Can we help out with maybe like a, a food place or a shelter place or something like that?" And a lot of times, people like take potholes for granted. Like, "Hey, man, the city's yeah, yeah. No. Well, what's going no. on?" So, but when you talk about, "Hey, if we can make our neighborhoods nice, and then people start yeah. to take care of the place that they live, then the whole thing kind of rises up." Is that kind of the idea? Yeah, it's yes. like a chain reaction, you know, one street we fix and then the other people are like, oh, they fix up their street, so let's do ours. And then next thing you know, it's like a chain reaction and every street is fixed. So the way you guys are raising money, you guys are putting together workout videos, people can subscribe. Tell people more about how they can get involved with this and what the cost is and things like that. Um, to get involved, honestly, you go to the website, uh, uh, Enterprise uh, Entertainment, yeah. and you, there will be a link that's for our exercise. And every time you sign up, you will get a, a, a Fitbit band. So basically, it tracks your heart rate and stuff like that. We all know. So um, honestly, yeah, that's what it is. And then, like you said, the donation goes back to the streets. I mean, fixing the raising streets. So I know Josh Perkins, and the father of Justice Perkins, uh, who's an offensive lineman for MSU. I know he's been helping you guys with that. So uh, first of all, just talk about Josh generally, because I think Josh is a great member of the Bozeman community. I know he's mentored a ton of guys, especially guys that come from out of state, maybe aren't used mm-hmm. to the environment when they first get there. So just talk about the influence Josh has had on you guys. Um, as for me, when I'm coming in from my freshman year, I mean, it's two Compton natives. I mean, he's he been out here for long. He stayed out here. He made a reputation to stay out here, and he kept doing that. And then as he got as he got in more involved into the program, he started helping out more out-of-state kids like me. And me and him being from the same uh, city in the same state, it was better, a much more connection, faster connection, i say, too. So... And as for me, like, yeah, as what Tyrell said, like, we're both in the same city, and I saw that as an opportunity from him to, like, to put down wisdom for me to, like, what to do and what not to do out here and stuff, and just, like, help me around when I need it and stuff. Like, it was a great, like, it was a great opportunity to meet him. I would say he's, like, an older brother to me. I know normally when we're headed into winter, into fall and winter, we're supposed to be playing football, right? And I know you guys are still practicing and doing all that, but – you think that maybe you're going to take up some skiing or at least some sledding or do something to get out there and enjoy the snow because you got this time and you got to find a way to make the most of it. Me, I want a snowmobile. Snowmobile. Yeah, right I never there. been. I never right skiing before. <laughs> right there. Right there. I think that's where it's at. I think that's where it really is at. Yeah, I'd rather do snowmobiling than uh, the snowboarding and skiing because I feel like those are hard. <laughs> yeah, you know, I think that's that's maybe a good. A good choice. I just think I got to get the one-piece deal because if you have a upper jacket and pants, you're gonna get mm-hmm. snow inside of there, and that's not that's <laughs> that's a bad that's a bad situation. Well, what what have you learned from this? I mean, when you when you are getting a chance to give back to your community like that, and also something to just give you something to do during quarantine, what sort of things is it taught you? Like just giving back, you know, because I love my I love my city, and I like you know. So I love my city, and then um, just seeing how the potholes, like cars breaking down and stuff, like popping tires and stuff. So I saw that as an opportunity to fix it. When you guys go back 
to to your hometown to your to your neighborhoods there and see people and see friends and stuff like that what kind of conversations do you have both about what it's like to be in Bozeman, Montana and playing football, but also about what you want to do? Like now when you've seen, you know, a different place and now you come back and you can bring some of what you've learned right back to, back to Southern Cal. Honestly, it's not too much to be saying. I mean, cause it's like, they don't get to see what we see. I mean, it's like, you could tell them how much it is to be there. And I mean, they could say like, they want to come and, you know, stuff like that. But like, if you're not really there, it's hard to really believe what they put, what we are saying. So it's just, mm-hmm. it's kind of, it's kind of up and it's kind of be in between. It's like some, we do have friends that want to come and see, see the different environment, but then it's like at the same time, they don't, it's not the time to do so. Yeah. You can't really explain the Gallatin Valley. You just got to be. Lavelle, it's so interesting too, because you two guys both from the same high school, but then you look mm-hmm. at this defensive backs group. I mean, you talk about the Gibson Twins. I know they're not the program anymore, but you talk about Munchie Filer. You guys are all from the same area. Do you guys ever talk about how <laughs> cool that is that you guys kind of all came to Bozeman to kind of make it as defensive backs? I tell Tyrell all the time, like, what a coincidence. We went to high school and then to college together. Like, <laughs> I wouldn't, I did not think I was going to college with Tyrell again. And I didn't think I was going to go to college with uh, Munchie again, too. So I was like, wow, what a coincidence. <laughs> What what's the biggest difference you notice between when you're talking about Compton, California, and Bozeman, Montana? Well, the biggest difference for me is the speed, like the speed limits. I'm still getting used to that. As, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm still getting used to the speed limits and the gas prices because back home gas prices is like three dollars. Like uh, yeah, three dollars, and then I come uh, back out here, it's like almost a dollar. Yeah, it's like a dollar ninety nine. That is not a problem here. Yeah, I love, yeah, I love it. Road trips is everywhere. World trips is everywhere. <laughs> and low state tax too, which is different. Oh yeah, that's yeah. that's a yeah, that's, that's a huge. That's a plus. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Well, moving forward here, I know that um, you guys have been able to participate in some team activities. I know it's not maybe what you wanted, but I mean, at least you're getting some practices in, some competition in. So mm-hmm. give us an overall evaluation of the Montana State Bobcats. Where do you think you guys are at right now? Where do you think the squad right now? I mean, I think we are still growing, obviously. I mean, it's, we, it's not everybody who we all have once out there, but we still growing as, as a team and getting communications down, getting everything right, basically playing, trying to play situational football over and over again. And yeah, and I would say like we're like we're trying to use this time to like like to bring our bond closer with the team because you know like like saying a close game like you have to lean on your brothers in that close game. So we're trying to take that as uh, getting closer. This is a program that's been building each year under Jeff Choate, and now has has arrived. I mean, you're a national semifinal level football team, a nationally elite football team. Is there a shift that has gone on? mentally maybe for you or as a team in general from a team that's trying to get on the rise to a team that not to say that you've accomplished everything you wanted to but has found yeah. themselves at a, a team of national prominence where you go okay we're the team that's carrying the hammer around now right um honestly i think coming from my uh, from my freshman year it was a it was a growth process it was a growth process i mean he didn't have the class he wanted at the time but he made it work and then as as years went on, went on, the program produced just like as it has as as he as he wanted. And with this group that he has now, 
I think this could be one of his best group that there is. I mean, from brotherhood wise, plan wise, communication wise, like this is a family. And then this is his product. This is his production of recruiting. And I think he sees it as well too. Last thing for you, what's your guys' thoughts on playing in the spring? I know you guys have uh, been used to early morning practices during spring ball, so you're not scared of the cold. But what are you guys' thoughts if and when a spring season does occur? Well, they are working on our turf right now, so that was a, that was a huge factor. And we just got to bundle up when we play. Honestly, <laughs> we just got to bundle hey, up when gear. we play. Cold yeah, cold gear. gear. So here, I mean, what you can do is put your snowmobile outfit on over your over your jersey, <laughs> and then you just go do. And you hey, that, that'll work. That'll work. <laughs> hey, Tyrell, well, we appreciate it. Really awesome what you guys are doing, man. That's that's really uh, a, a great example to set. Not just what you're doing, but uh, also showing other people the way. Just so Justice Entertainment, J U S T U S entertainment.com you can go there and uh, and check that out and participate with these guys and help them uh get their get their streets in order and then their neighborhoods in order and let that chain reaction begin right. yeah uh, with these two guys over at montana state fellas appreciate the time thanks so much best to you here in this uh, in this downtime sort of off season and we can't wait to uh to see some football all right thank you thank you there you go Darrell thomas Lavelle Price Jr. Uh, joining us here on Two Tell and Nuanas. Appreciate those guys for for doing it. And again, super fun conversation. Great, engaging fellows to talk to, and and also, I mean, to just take the initiative to do something like that, and something that we, I mean, I don't know, we get we get awful potholes in mm-hmm. in Montana, and we all know why. It wouldn't occur to me that I should do something to you know create a situation which that could be improved you know and maybe that's uh you know the benefit of you know taking something like that for granted is just like yeah well that work's going to get done by the people that do that work and that'll be you know the taxes will go and do that you know what i mean i think the case everywhere and so you know to have that and to get that right with the hope and expectation that all of a sudden you know other people get into that and start to you know take care of 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 the public space as it were uh very very cool so that's that's awesome stuff from them it's the symbolism of having pride and where you come from that's too, right. and that's establishing right. yourself as a community leader when you're young and I, I think that there's there's the uh the legends that are accompanied of horrors of certain suburbs of america you know harlem the bronx queensbridge the third ward in Houston, Compton. You think of Compton and you automatically think of disenfranchised. And I think that it would be totally normal for people to leave Compton and say, I'm never going back to that place. I made it out. I made it. I don't want to go back. But I think it's even cooler for guys that do make it out to want to give back. And that's what these guys are doing. And I think that's an awesome thing to have pride in your community and, and make that impact when you're at such a young age. Also, I, is this the name of this? Go watch the documentary Compton Cowboys. Wasn't that it with the, the, the Big Sky Documentary Film Festival? It's a group of guys down there. They actually have like a corral horses in, I mean, in the heart of Compton. Awesome stuff. So, you know, you, everybody everybody assumes they know what's going on every place. Nobody knows. Nobody knows. Two Telling the Wannas, 1029 ESPN Radio. Quick break on the other side. NFL Week 5 starts tonight. We already talked about th- Thursday night game, but there's some heavy hitters coming up we want to get into. Can't wait about this. And two games have been now postponed. We'll tell you where the, what they are and when they're going to be played next. 
What are your business challenges for 2021? Supporting an increased remote workforce? Securing and managing your expanding corporate network? Communicating with your customers, employees, and partners? Whatever your challenges and priorities for 2021, Blackfoot Communications knows it all starts with a plan. We are here to help you assess, design, implement, and support your most critical technology infrastructure initiatives. Call Blackfoot at 866-541-5000 or email business at blackfoot.com to learn how we can set you up for success in 2021 and beyond. Blackfoot, connect to more. Hey, howdy. Happy Thursday. It's Tutel New Orleans, 1029 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. Hope you're having a wonderful day. We appreciate you spending some time with us on your radios, on your TVs. If you want to listen live, you can uh, do it, well, in a number of different ways. But if you want to do it on the web, you go to our website, 10290ESPN.com, and you stream the show when it's on from 4 to 6 each weekday afternoon. You can also listen to the rest of the station, whatever's going on, 1029FM uh, radio, there at the uh, website. The stream is available all the time. Thanks to our friends at Opportunity Bank of Montana. Opportunity Bank, your local bank, your opportunity. Uh, Coulter, the NFL weekend is upon us. It starts in Chicago tonight. We talked about the Bucks bears game this evening. Uh, I expect Tampa Bay to win and send Chicago to 2-0. Uh, uh, excuse me, 3-2. and two. How ironic will, will it be if that, in fact, happens that the Buccaneers win? And they made a coaching change at three and zero, and since the or excuse me, the coaching change, a quarterback change, to go right. from Trubisky to Foles. They're three and zero with Mitchell Trubisky, and zero and two with Nick Foles. Now that is obviously a uh, uh, a little bit of a lying stat. Foles came off the bench and won them the game in the third week. Right. So, you know, they would have been two and one if it would have just been on Trubisky. So Foles did get him there, but he uh, didn't look like. You know, the quote answer against uh, the Colts. Anyway, we'll see what happens there. couple other games we want to get to. We're not going to do an exhaustive group on this. couple things to take note of. The Denver-New England game has evidently now been moved to Monday night. Again, the uh, Patriots having some COVID-related issues. This game is set to take place in Boston, well, in Foxborough, as it were. And so that game moving to Monday. Also, the Bills-Titans game, which has been in some danger of not even being played, of perhaps being forfeited by the Titans. I think the forfeiture would come not so much because of the result of the COVID. By the way, two more players, one active roster, one practice squad. That now in total since uh, the since like September 26th, 23 players or personnel members of the Tennessee Titans have tested positive for COVID-19. Uh, I think the issue here, if they were thinking about forfeiting the game out, uh, you know, in favor of Buffalo, would be as a, a as a punishment, not for having gotten it, but for having not followed the protocols exactly that have been in place to try and prevent it. Uh, and so there's been an investigation into that. I don't know that we have results of that yet, but the breaking news as of right now is that this game, Bills Titans, will be played on Tuesday of this next week. So our first Tuesday night affair, uh, supposedly uh, perhaps coming on, on uh, uh, this week. Now, if I'm not mistaken, I think the bills are supposed to play Thursday next week on Thursday night football. If they play Tuesday, no chance that game's happening on Thursday. Uh, so, you know, 
everything, as they say, fluid at the moment in the NFL when it comes to scheduling. But, Coulter, let's take a look at a couple of these games here. Yeah, I got some questions for you. You got some questions? I do. Okay, go ahead. Ask a question. Okay. My first question. Yes. I love it when you do that, by the way. You do this thing where when you're ready to ask a question that you really want to get right and you like slant your head off to the side and really collect your thoughts, I'm like, okay, we got a hard hitter coming from New Orleans. <laughs> I'm just trying to way to phrase this, but yeah, I'll, yeah, just, yeah. I'll just keep it as simple as possible. Okay. I don't want to over hyperbolize it, but I don't want to call it don't I don't want to ask you, is this the biggest game of Joe Burrow's young career? I want to ask, is this the most important or impactful game that he's played in the NFL? Well, because they're playing the Baltimore Ravens. I just think that Joe Burrow has um, lived up to, or even in my mind, exceeded some expectations so far. I know the Bengals I have only exceeded, won. I think he's exceeded expectations. Right. I mean, they've only won the one game, but now they're going to go against one of the true Blue Bloods. Now, they tied the Philadelphia, right? So they're 1-2-1. They, two and one. One, they two started 0-2, and one. got a tie, then got a dub. Yep. Okay. I mean, yes, this is the biggest game of five games for him. Um, I just still think that, the, the, as I always proclaim, I think that there are a handful of franchises that are better than everybody else, a handful of franchises that are worse than everybody else, and everybody else is just kind of in the middle. It's just a matter of who's healthy what week, who's hot one week, all those things. But the ferocity that the Baltimore Ravens have played for for two, pretty much two decades, and combined with the personnel that they have currently on their roster, I just think that this is uh, this is one of those ones where Joe Burrow's going to feel different this week under center than he has yet in the NFL. Yeah, welcome to the NFL. Welcome to the AFC Especially North. Especially in Baltimore. Too. I mean, yeah, if this yeah. was if there was fans, this would really be a test. No, no doubt. But here's the thing: I, I don't think even importance is necessarily the way to sure. phrase it. I think you know what I'm getting it, at. It's here. it's it is it is the. The second wave of welcome to the NFL exactly. that he's getting ready to experience. I mean, yeah. throwing against Denzel Ward is just like throwing against somebody in the college football playoff because Denzel Ward is a good corner for the Cleveland well, Browns. He's, he's, he's really good. Than that, yeah. Well, he's really good, but he's not Marlon Humphreys. He's not Marcus Peters. Mm. Do you know what I mean? You're talk- he, he, he could be, and he probably will be. Yeah. All I'm saying, though, is Joe Burrow and Denzel Ward are peers in terms of their experience playing football. Yeah, the thing is, when you go against veterans that have savvy, that have the idea in their mind, it's just like what Baker Mayfield went through last year where everybody was like, this dude thinks he's good. Screw that guy. We're going to show him he's not good. Then they start pounding him. I also think, too, and... and Like, it's a different experience when Marcus Peters picks you off and then he's in your face. you got to respond. You know what I mean? I'm going to ask you about the Browns in a moment, but at the end of the day, the playing the Baltimore Ravens is, is, is a whole different deal. Uh, and it's especially in division than when you're playing when you're playing the Browns, man. It just is. And so uh, this is going to be uh, an interesting test for Joe Burrow. And uh, and I, I expect him to play well in this game, even though, I mean, the Baltimore, Ra- I, the Baltimore Ravens got to win this game. I mean, this is one that you just like if you're as good as the Ravens should be. And I think people think that they are. And I think for, uh, with good cause, like I think the, the Ravens are really, really good. Uh, this should not be a, a game that's in any amount of doubt. By the way, if you're playing along at home, the Ravens are 12.5-point favorites in this game. And I think that number is probably about right. And I would probably take Baltimore, even with that massive uh, 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 you know, point favoritism that they're getting. Second question. Yeah. The Houston Texans are 0-4. Mm-hmm. In terms of talent, that is egregious. That is why Bill O'Brien is unemployed as of earlier this week. Yeah, that and his screaming match with... J.J. Watt. 
Can you imagine what it would be like to get in a screaming match with J.J. Watt? Um, yeah. There's guys that are more <laughs> scary, more consistently. Yeah. But I think that when J.J. Watt snaps, you know that you really messed something up. Because mm-hmm. he's not like, you know, getting in a screaming match with Jalen Ramsey. Okay, Jalen Ramsey's probably screaming at everybody all the time. The other thing, too, and not that Bill O'Brien is the personality that's going to back oh, down man. so I, I understand that <laughs> like bill o'brien ain't the guy you probably want to get in a screaming match with there's, there's a lot of guys <laughs> i think bill o'brien's life is just one way screaming match but the th- here's the thing though is if you're the head coach and jj watt is has is is escalated as they say uh you need to understand that this is not your time to go, come back at it you just go okay JJ, we're going to figure this out, and then you move on, no matter how you feel or no matter what your attitude is. Like, I don't care what it's about because that doesn't happen out of this isn't this isn't an, this is not a malcontent. This is an all pro Hall of Fame player who is the absolute heart and soul leader of the defense, regardless of his his skill level, which is still very high. But he's the dude. Well, he's the entire brand of your team. Exactly. He's so one you, of the biggest stars in the NFL. You don't. You don't. When when he's hot. It's warranted, and you accept that and move on. You don't come I mean, back at it. His post game, him and Deshaun Watson's post game press conferences after the last loss of the Vikings yeah. were just unbelievable. I knew that Bill O'Brien was going to get fired. So, but my question is, do you yeah. think the Houston has a chance to make, make a serious jump just from a, removing one person from what was clearly a toxic or and maybe not toxic but dysfunctional at the least situation? Yes, and Houston all of a sudden is going to be just significantly better all the way around. I don't think, I mean, they're in too big a hole already, and already I don't think they were, I mean, they're the third best team in their division, uh, and and I mean, the way Jacksonville's going, maybe they're the fourth fourth best team in their division, but they're, they're not as good as either Indy or Tennessee. That said, uh, if you're playing and it's just, you know, you, you just feel like it's just a, you know, always negative, everything's bad, everything's stressful, whatever, you're never going to play well. It's, it's, you can't do it. And so I expect them to actually have a bounce back performance. I, I think they're going to get their first win of the year against Jacksonville this week. Right, too. And I, it's like I said on the Make It Ready podcast, I think that Deshaun Watson deserves so much credit for the composure that he's operated himself with over the last couple of years. Because I don't think that Bill O'Brien and Deshaun Watson had anything close to a good relationship. And I think that the DeAndre Hopkins situation was something that was spiteful by Bill O'Brien towards DeAndre Hopkins. But Deshaun Watson deserves a ton of credit for biting his tongue. Because Deshaun Watson could have got off on his coach and made this situation a lot worse a lot earlier. Because if you read all the things, I mean, it's not just that Deshaun Watson and DeAndre Hopkins were college teammates they're best friends and so you trade your quarterback's best friend who's also the best receiver in the league it's not the way to emphasize the talents of a transcendent athlete like deshaun watson so i think that deshaun watson has a chance to give up get uh, to, to go off this week okay third question from me okay I like this question deal the Minnesota Vikings playing at the Seattle Seahawks. Yeah, Sunday night football. I find this matchup actually very intriguing. So do I. Because I know that the Seahawks are red hot. I know that the Vikings were just beating their heads against the wall. But then they did get the win over the Texans last week. And you could say, okay, well, they beat a defeated Texas team. But it's a good win because Houston's way better than an 0-3 team. It is. And it, in week three, they lost by one point. I forget who they played, mm-hmm. but it was a, a very good Titans. football game. They, well, they played the Titans to, yep. a, to a, a really close football game. Yep. yep. And, so, and David Cooks rushed for 315 mm-hmm. yards over the last two weeks. That's right. Against two pretty good defenses. I mean, he, uh, the Titans are very good defense. And he rushed for a career high against the Titans. Yeah. 
And so they're, they seem like they're finding their offensive flow despite their quarterback, who I'm never going to justify or stand up for in late game situations. But now when you give down, when Dalvin Cook rushes for over 100 yards, it makes Kirk Cousins just exponentially better because then Kirk Cousins, the play action works. Now Adam Thielen, Adam Thielen's not beating anybody up the sideline, but if you run and play action, he could absolutely beat everybody over the middle. And now Kirk yeah. Cousins is better because he's got an open guy. And now it makes Justin Jefferson, who's still developing as a route runner, a real threat because he can go deep. And now all of a sudden, the Vikings look really good on offense. That What the Vikings do well on offense is a tough matchup for the Seahawks, especially considering the injuries that they have. The Seahawks are missing a, a linebacker. They're missing a nickel. I think Jamal Adams is doubtful for this game as well, so that really hurts Seattle's defense. But then you look at the other side of the coin, where has Minnesota regressed the most? They've regressed the most against the pass in general. They don't have their pair of edge rushers like they did a year ago in Daniil Hunter and Everson Griffin. They don't have premier corners anymore. They're still trying to develop. They have young corners that could be good, but they don't have all pro corners like Xavier Rose was two years ago. So Seattle has been throwing the ball over the place on everybody. So to me, it just seems like this could be, for years, you'd never think that Vikings Seahawks was going to be an offensive shootout. But this seems like it's setting up to be an offensive shootout. This is exactly what it's setting up to be. The only difference is, and I thought about this, I wouldn't use the word shootout because I think this is going to be an offensive explosion that's going to be equal, if you can believe it, pass and rush for both teams. I think both teams are going to are going to do pretty much what they want offensively. Um, the difference will be, I think, that the Vikings will run the ball, they better run the ball to set up the pass where the Seattle will do it in the opposite in the opposite order. They will use Russ and let him do what he's done unbelievable the best of anybody through 4 weeks this season and then mix in Chris Car- Carson and the other backs and and let them, you know, get chunk yardage on the ground when when that box is softened up a little bit. So that's what I expect. I think this will be a high-scoring football game. Uh, and actually, ironically enough, Coulter, after all of this, like I think what this game come, comes down to, I always, you know, I'm the guy, right, who's always talking about tamping down the emphasis that's put on quarterbacks. But in this game, I do think that that is the difference, like the difference between these two teams, because they're actually similar in a lot of ways. The difference between these two teams is that Russell Wilson is, you know, 10 times the quarterback that Kirk Cousins is. And <laughs> and that and that is. How many zeros can you possibly say? What's the biggest number that you know? Well, I mean, if infinity is not a number, probably a Google, right? That's the biggest one I am aware I of. Just found the, I, just, I just figured out the best way I could describe why I think the Seahawks are so flawed. Oh, boy. I don't think the Vikings are that good. Yeah. If Russell Wilson played for the Vikings, I think the Vikings are the overwhelming Super Bowl favorite. That, that is a, a poor take. A very poor take. Uh, the Seattle Seahawks. I'm just never going to let this argument die. I'm not going to let it die until the Seahawks either. We we, we, we screamed at each other five weeks. Ago. By the way, what is on this game? Well, I don't know I because play. I really want to rescind my bet. No, 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 no. There's no rescension of anything. Uh, I believe that we have a uh, an Andrew Jackson on this. Okay. That's fine. Which I'm thrilled great. about it. Uh, I look forward to that. I'm also getting 10 more out of you uh, off the Make It Rainy podcast, which you can listen to if you want to know how easy it mm. is to take Coulter's money from him. Mm. Thank God I have so much. Thank God. Yes, indeed. Uh, but the at the end of the day, the Seahawks will win this football game, and I think they're going to win it uh, not by a ton. I think it's going to. I think the over under is like 57. I think this goes easily over the 57. The only way it goes under is. 
if the the possessions are reduced because both teams do run the football a little bit and some of that clock winds. You know what I mean? I think that's the only way. But I don't think, you know, you can score in two and a half minutes because you throw the ball, you know, up and down the field and 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 it's easy and you score quickly. Or you can score the ball in six and a half minutes because you run on, you know, two of every three plays that you that you do. But in any case, I think I think that 80% of the possessions in this game are scoring possessions, you know? And the only question is how many possessions are they going to be? But Seattle's going to win because they have the best quarterback by four in this game. And and they 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 do what they do better than when Minnesota does. That sh- should be the reason why the Seahawks win. And I totally agree with you. And I think the Seahawks are definitely the favorites. I'm going to pick the Seahawks both with my gambling money and with my non with, your, uh, with, with your my head. with my journalism take. But I do think that it really does come down to sustained drives for the Vikings, though, because we've actually seen the Vikings during the quote-unquote Kirk Cousins era, they actually have the most success against explosive big play offenses because if DK Metcalf catches a 65-yard touchdown... And doesn't fumble if you it. If you stop the bleeding right there, though, you get the ball back. And so now, if you have a sustained seven-minute drive, it's 7-7, seven to seven and you've had the ball for seven and a half of the eight minutes that have just transpired in the game if you're the Vikings. That's yeah. the way that they beat the Saints in the playoffs last year. The uh, This game opened as, excuse me, nine-and-a-half-point favorites for Seattle. That number moved to seven. Uh, if this had been nine-and-a-half points, I would not have liked the Seahawks against the number. At seven, I probably would take the Seahawks, but I think that's the right number. I, I would expect Seattle to win this game by a touchdown is is you know what I would predict. Call it 38 30 what is it 31 something like that it's like that's like the just the automatic Seahawks score this year 38 yeah, I mean 31, haven't, they, haven't they won two games 38 31 is it, yeah I think because uh, they won week one yeah. against the uh, the Cowboys 38 31 La- last week they only scored 31 points against sure. the Dolphins slackers uh, low, low, tied for the lowest total of any morning winner uh yeah not good well and you know Russell threw that red zone interception they would have had that 38 you know uh, all right. Uh, Monday night, Chargers, Saints. The Saints were seven and a half point favorites to open. They are now eight and a half point favorites, an awkward number at eight and a half. Um, I don't know what to make of this game, man. I think it, if Michael Thomas comes back, uh, rare as it is to say that a wide receiver is like a real game changer, but for this team and for his skill level and what they do he's a he's a game changer for the uh for the new orleans saints if he's back and is you know capable in terms of physically speaking uh that's a huge windfall for the saints and what they want to do the chargers are probably as beat up as anybody that isn't the san francisco 49ers and in terms of total number of starters out the charges are as beat up as anybody period it's just they don't have just not the high end well they don't they don't have they don't have nick bosa out with a torn acl um it is worth noting though your boy justin herbert has been named the starter and not not because tyrod taylor's injured or whatever but uh or you know was man i feel I, i i i truly like I'm just gutted for Tyrod Taylor. And I love Tyrod Taylor, It's just awful. The hard knocks. For something like that to happen. And then, you know. For those who have seen it, you know what I'm talking about. For those who have not seen it, you should try to find a way to watch it. If you don't have time or the uh, 
desire to watch the entire five-hour Hard Knock series, that's fine. If you're exhausted by the coronavirus that is infiltrating everything, I would suggest not watching it because three-quarters of this year's Hard Knocks, unfortunately, is just like everything else in our world right now. It's about coronavirus. It's about testing. It's about all that stuff. But there's the moment in the fourth episode when uh, his name escapes me and I feel horrible that it has, but when when the man was shot in the back and it was the, the latest of the police brutality incidents that have happened in America over the last six to eight months. And the Chargers are about to have their debut at SoFi Stadium. They're about to have their first and only intra-squad scrimmage. And there's only media and the team there. And Tyrod Taylor walks out of the locker room and he goes and he gets every single dude. He says, meet me in the locker room, meet me in the locker room. And he goes and he points at every single dude. And he says, we have to have a discussion. And then he initiates a discussion with the entire team saying, guys, I don't feel like it's comfortable for me to feel the way I do and then play a football, perform in any form or fashion of football. And we need to have a talk about this as a team. And somehow they let the Hard Knocks crew talk. I mean, they taped Anthony Lynn's speech. They taped the defensive line coach whose name escapes me, who's been in the NFL for 50 years. And he talks about what it was like in the 60s, what it's like now, how it's better now, how it's not any better now, all at the same time. And they they have uh, Chris Harris talks, Derwin James talks. It's so powerful. But in that moment, the reason I'm bringing this up is in that moment, you realize that a lot of times in NFL locker rooms, who you are and what you represent is more important to the players than what caliber of player you are. Totally. In that moment, I tell Rod Taylor, no one is listing him in the top half of quarterbacks in the NFL. No one's probably even thinking of him when they're listing good the best quarterback, quarterbacks, yeah. period. In that moment, though, it is very clear that every person on the Chargers is saying, what was Tyron say? Mm-hmm. Like Joey Bosa's like, yo, Tyron wants us in the locker room. Let's go. Like Joey Bosa's the alpha. And, and, and that's why saying, Anthony Lynn has been, it's it's not just about the, the old adage, which I don't even think exists anymore. Oh, you can't lose your job due to injury or whatever. Sure. But, but he understands the, the role and, and the veteran presence, leadership, and character that Tyrod Taylor has and brings to that team and wants him to be the quarterback of that team for those reasons that you pointed out. That said, Herbert has looked pretty dang good firing the firing the rock around, man. Well, that's the it's unfortunate that Tyrod Taylor had this freak thing happen to him where he gets his lung punctured by well taking a cortisone shot. But you cannot be in denial if you're the Chargers. It's go time with Justin Herbert. I mean, yeah. he's not like showing flashes of what he might someday could be. He's thrown for 300 yards in three games in a row. I mean, he's like whips the ball. He's he's confident. He's athletic. He understands the system clearly. I know they haven't been able to punch through fully, but it seems as if not only does he have the talent that you expected him to have as number six overall pick, but he also has the team behind him as yeah. well. Yeah. Uh, it's 2 telling one us, 102.9 ESPN Radio. Okay, last thing just quickly, Coulter. The Colts, one-and-a-half-point favorites over Cleveland. I think that's right. Why? I th- why? I thought the Colts would be at least a three-point favorite. Oh, no, I was going to say, I mean, I think the Colts should be favored in this game. Yeah. They'd open at two-and-a-half. It's gone to one-and-a-half. I, I thought I thought it would be three or three-and-a-half. Here's my question. You and I both like the Colts. We think the Colts are good. We do. Yeah. The are, Colts are very good. The Colts are actually better defensively than I thought they were going to be. Are the Browns good? Let me say, let me let me just let me just put, just say this real quick. I, I don't know the answer to my own question. I'm asking it honestly. 
they they it looked like it was about to burn down to the ground after the first week in with the Cleveland Browns and the debacle against Baltimore and get hammered thirty eight to six and it's just awful, awful, awful. Week two, they bounce back on a Thursday, they get a win against a bad Cincinnati team. As good as Joe Burrow has looked, I mean, the the team is not very good. I think it was 35-30 was the final. And it's like, okay, like they absolutely had to win this game. No question. They did it. What do we got now? Then they go play the Washington football team. They're down early in that game, but they come back. They win by two touchdowns. Washington's no good either, right? So what are you going to take out of that? But it was 34-20, the final more convincing. Last week against Dallas, and we can laugh all we want to at the Dallas Cowboys, it's 41-14 to in the fourth quarter. Now, they let the Cowboys get back into that game. The Cowboys scored three consecutive touchdowns with three consecutive two-point conversions until Odell Beckham ran a 50-yard end around to, to, to end it and score yet another touchdown. Um, all I'm saying is this. I don't, and the Cowboys, by the way, are not good. At this point in time, they're not good. This will be the best team outside of Baltimore for sure that the Browns have played, and I think we'll learn about a lot about Cleveland against Indy. But they have gotten better. I'm not saying they're good. They have absolutely markedly improved every single week of football they played this year. Here is my answer to your question. Okay. The Browns could and can be good, but does that mean that they are? Because, yeah, right. because it's not just the, the, the things that have haunted the Browns for 20 years have been poor to the worst in the league head mm-hmm. coaches and head mm-hmm. coaching decisions poor to the worst of the league top of the draft picks and then having to ride with the guys that they messed up on whether it was Courtney Brown or Tim Couch or Trent Richardson or oh, Johnny Manziel the, the list is on and on yeah. and on and on when you pick those guys in the first round you got to ride with them and if they aren't good right away then you have to just not reconcile yourself with not being good because you that's what your roster is made up of it's these guys that you didn't evaluate correctly what the Browns have now though is a ton of talent what the Browns also have now, though, is the most volatile combination of skill players in the entire league in terms of their egos, the drama. Odell Beckham's the leader, but Jarvis Landry's not right behind. I mean, he's a, he Jarvis Landry loves playing in the circus that is Odell Beckham. Baker Mayfield sometimes looks like Brett Favre. He also sometimes looks like Johnny Manziel. And so, where, <laughs> where, do, how does he find a middle ground? Yeah, yeah. Kareem Hunt has had all of his baggage. He seems like he's been steady in Cleveland so far, but. When they're rolling, they can score 30 points on almost anybody in the NFL. Oh, on anybody, yeah. But they also can get hammered and lose 38-6 to six and look like the most uninspired team in football like they did in week one. The one thing that I'm going to mention here, nobody's really talking about it yet, but Miles Garrett is 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 one of the top five pass rushers in football, period. And I don't care who you name. You can talk to me about the Boses. You can talk to me about Ingram. You can talk to me about Chase Young. You can talk to me about all of them. He is right there. And... He is a game changer defensively for this team, and he is rolling right now. And they have a a nicer defense than than you think. Well, let me say it like this: they have again, they have the talent to be a good defense. I don't know about great, but good. And they have to prove it that they can be that. And that's going to be the that's going to be the story of the the Brown season is just prove it to me, just prove it to me. Sutel Nuwana's 1029 ESPN Radio. Quick break on the other side. Baseball update. Got another game for you tonight, Padres-Dodgers. The Padres oh so very close. Bases loaded, bottom nine, down one, can't get it done. Now they're down in an 0-2 hole. Preview the game tonight next. 
What are your business challenges for 2021? Supporting an increased remote workforce? Securing and managing your expanding corporate network? Communicating with your customers, employees, and partners? Whatever your challenges and priorities for 2021, Blackfoot Communications knows it all starts with a plan. We are here to help you assess, design, implement, and support your most critical technology infrastructure initiatives. Call Blackfoot at 866-541-5000 or email business at blackfoot.com to learn how we can set you up for success in 2021 and beyond. Blackfoot, connect to more. The divisional series are in full swing. In fact, two of them are in fact over. You can believe it. It's Tutel Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. If you missed anything in the show, check it out in the podcast, Tutel Nuanas Podcast. It's available wherever you get your podcast. Rate, review, subscribe to the uh, to the podcast. We appreciate Blackfoot Communications for helping us out with that. Uh, earlier today, if you were listening to ESPN Radio, you heard the Atlanta Braves sweep the Miami Marlins 7 to nothing. Since that time, the Houston Astros, yes, the Houston Astros, have uh, beaten the Oakland A's 11-6 to and thus won their ALDS series three games to one. Houston is into, can you believe it, man, the ALCS. Tonight, two games. One fact, which is ongoing right now, the Yankees, I believe, are ahead 2-0 over the Tampa Bay Rays. I'll confirm that score with you in a moment. And then tonight, 6.45, we'll take you out there, 7.08 first pitch for game three between the Dodgers and the Padres last night. What an epic baseball game. Joe Kelly comes in the ninth inning, a couple of runners on already, a couple runners score, 6-5 the game in, uh, in favor of the Dodgers. Bases loaded, two out, and a ground out to second base to end the game last night with the bases loaded in the ninth inning for the Padres. They go down two games to none, so their backs are up against the wall again. Just a five-game series here in the divisional round. Dustin May will be pitching for the uh, Dodgers. Adrian Morajan for for the Padres. And... The Dodgers are going to win this series because they're up two games to nothing, because they're the deeper team, and also because they just have the better pitching. I love the pop and the excitement of the Padres. They've been the most fun team to watch this season. No question to me the Padres have been. But uh, whether it happens tonight or whether it happens in subsequent games, I'm not sure, but they just don't have the horses especially with Clevenger not able to get it done in week in in the first game of the season or in the first game of the series excuse me it's a tough deal for uh, for the Padres nonetheless I look forward to watching them uh, or listening them to them tonight again the it is official uh, the Yankees are head two nothing end of the second inning early in that game against Tampa they are down though the Yankees are two games to one in their uh, ALDS all right Have a wonderful, wonderful Thursday evening. Enjoy baseball, Thursday night football, whatever it is you're into. Good luck to the Hot Springs football team as they embark on something I've never heard of before. They're going to try to play two games in the span of 48 hours. Go get them, Hot Springs. See you tomorrow. This is my... It's finally starting to feel like winter around here, and if you need some nice winter gear, how about the fine folks at Sitka? They make awesome winter clothes, and they sell custom... Bobcat Sitka gear at the MSU Bookstore. You can shop online anytime at msubookstore.org, or of course you can check out the MSU Bookstore live and in person there on the Montana State campus. They also have some graduation regalia back in order there at the MSU Bookstore. They have an awesome American Indian Council selection as well. 
Visit on campus anytime you need blue and gold or visit online anytime, anywhere, msubookstore.org. MSU Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day located there on the Montana State campus.